Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. Trading options is dumb is the title of today's presentation. We'll qualify that by saying if you're somebody that works at Citadel, then trading options is probably printing money. Though you won't be doing much trading, you'll just be managing a bunch of algorithms that are busy fleecing retail investors. So if you're a retail investor that's trading options, then you are acting in a dumb manner. And unfortunately, a lot of people are. So the number of retail investors choosing to dabble in options has increased exponentially over the past decade. The problem is that most of these people are newbie investors, which means the longer they spend dicking around with options, the less time they're going to have actually growing wealth. And the earlier you get started, the bigger payday you're going to have down the road because the biggest impact on wealth creation is time in the market. And we often say it's about time in the market, not timing the market. You will not build wealth by speculating or by listening to all the morons out there trying to peddle some options strategy. Now, when we hear pundits encourage people, retail investors, to use options to create wealth, they lose credibility. And then we realize that, well, perhaps they don't know any better because we've all been there. Now, options trading has an element of the confidence trick to it. So this picture is actually taken in Budapest, Hungary. And if you climb up above this bridge on the hill there, you'll come across sometimes more frequently than not, at least during the months that I spent there, uh, you'll come across some individuals running what's called the three shell game. And there's probably three or four of them and they have different roles and there's a lookout and it's all this. It's it's fascinating how much work they put into this trick, which attempts to defraud a person after first gaining their trust. It's quite complex. You'd be surprised. And it works on a combination of um, exploiting somebody's naivety, their vanity, their confidence, irresponsibility, and greed. And it certainly sounds a whole lot like people who start dabbling in options and don't realize what they're getting themselves into. And in order to understand why so many people are dabbling in options, look no further than Robin Hood. Uh, so Robin Hood was famous for making trading free, more or less. So that is actually a double-edged sword. So anyone can trade for free. That's great for dollar cost averaging, which is what we do a lot of. However, anyone can trade for free, so everyone does, and over half of Robinhood's clientele are newbie investors. Now, this number here is taken from I think this was several years back, but I doubt that it's changed too much. It's probably gone down based on the activities that are being conducted on this platform. But the median customer account size was about $240. The average account size was approximately $5,000. Now, when you don't have many chips, you tend to look for cheap tables. And that's what people do. And Robin Hood pushes them towards those cheap tables. 30% of Robin Hood revenues from last quarter were of total revenues were attributed to options trading. That's down from 47%. So it's good to see that they're diversifying that away. And and they talk about democratizing access to wealth and they piss on people's shoes and tell them it's raining. So it's they should um, 
somebody should call them out from the ESG community, people that are largely worthless, uh, for fleecing naive investors who don't know any better. And that's why it's your responsibility to learn about why options are dumb. Well, we're going to talk about that. Now, options trading at Robinhood is now 64% of transaction revenues. That's quite a bit. And then margin interest is 12% of their total revenues. What business do they have extending margin to newbie investors? It would be interesting to see um, how easy it is to get margin there and who they extend it to. They got in trouble by the SEC. And you can read our piece I'm not going to go into it. We have a video and a research piece that goes into the problems over at Robin Hood. But what it comes down to is this. It's not just Robin Hood. It's also firms like eToro that have led to retail trading and options growing more than 10 times from $20 billion in volume in 2010 to $240 billion in 2020. And there's an opportunity cost for people to be trading instruments that they don't understand. And something as simple as pricing a call option starts to get quite complicated in a hurry. And all you MBAs out there would have had to learn the Black Skulls model and uh, calculate it by hand. And you'll know then that volatility is the big variable when pricing an option that's very different or difficult to calculate. So today's presentation is going to focus on call options. These are the most common type of option used by the Robinhood FOMO YOLO types. So retail investors consistently lose when dabbling in options. And we're going to talk about a handful of studies today, but there are dozens of studies out there that show how bad of an idea, how dumb it is to be dabbling in options. So one study showed, this is rather recent, that retail investors displayed a trio of wealth-depleting behavior. So they overpaid for options relative to realized volatility. Of course they did. That's the big variable that's very difficult to calculate. That algorithms sitting on the other side of that trade are calculating a whole lot more accurately than retail investor sitting around in his underwear on a Saturday afternoon buying some uh, or planning to buy options when Monday market open. The Enormous bid-ask spreads, that's no surprise there. Uh, retail and traders incurred um, spreads of around 8%, so they're uh, essentially, there may be low commissions on Robinhood, but they're ending up paying um, large commissions on what they're trading. Uh, they sluggishly respond to announcements even as uh, prices predictably decayed, so they're just inept at being able to... Um, perform basic option trading skills that you would expect a professional would have. And even then, these days, as we said, um, it's all run by algorithms. But um, these behaviors result in losses of 5 to 9% on average and 10 to 14% for high expected volatility announcements. This piece here uh, that this was taken from, the wealth-destroying behavior of retail option trading is quite good. And it talks about how equity options are attractive to retail investors because of their considerable embedded leverage and opportunity they present for lottery-like wins. Of course, you, if you've dabbled in options, you understand exactly what this gentleman is talking about. Um, the attraction exists even though there is a large body of research demonstrating that options trading, particularly the buying of calls, has transferred 
billions of dollars from the wallets of retail investors to the pockets of the market makers. Of course it has. And that explains all those commercials you see from broker-dealers touting their options trading offerings. And Robinhood is a great example of that. So um, if you're enjoying this content, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Nanalyze Tweets. So this other study that we've talked about before in our piece on Robinhood, it's titled Attention-Induced Trading and Returns, Evidence from Robinhood Users. And it found that um, Robinhood uh, users engage in more attention-induced trading than other retail investors. So whatever Robinhood is throwing up, in their list of the most traded stocks, then their users as newbies will gravitate towards these lists. And as it says here, uh, this can be partially driven by the app's unique features. The end result, of course, is uh, abnormal returns of close to minus 5% for the top stocks purchased each day. Talk about uh, being unable to time the market, and that's exactly right. Nobody can time the market. Um, algorithms might be able to these days, but certainly not humans. Just some of the academic findings out there. Uh, these are three studies here. One says market makers earned substantial profits by trading against retail order flow. Of course they did. Just ask Citadel uh, how well that's worked out for them with their uh, Robin Hood relationship. And it says here option trading and individual investor performance. This study found most investors incur substantial losses on their option investments, which are much larger than the losses from equity trading. So trading stocks, uh, if you, uh, let's say, trading is different from investing. Of course, it all comes down to time frame, the difference between investing and speculating. But um, you're going to lose money a lot faster when you start dabbling in options. And this other study found that a significant fraction, close to 30% of complex option trades are around firms' earning announcements and that these trades lead to significant losses for retail investors, mainly because they underestimate or they overestimate volatility. Now, people say that options trading isn't a zero-sum game, and then they give some examples of how you know both sides could lose or both sides could win partially. But when it comes down to retail investors, it is a zero-sum game. And if you don't know who the mark is at the table, it's you. And it's the same reason there aren't any professional blackjack players, because over time, the odds are against you. You may have beginner's luck. Uh, you may run into some success, but it's easy come, easy go. Options are a zero-sum game. Who do you think's taking that other side? Well, it's Citadel's algorithms. Options are incredibly complex, even a simple call option. And even if you spent your entire day, if that was your job, figuring out how to trade options, you wouldn't be able to compete with the likes of Citadel and the other hedge funds out there that are sitting on the other side of that trade. In the long run, it's really simple. Losers are retail investors. Winners are institutions. Now, the typical thought process of a speculator goes something like this. So you need to be careful that you don't fall into this trap. My favorite stock is going up. So uh, usually you won't see uh, pundits do this. They, they don't put uh, the stock price returns into the context of a benchmark so that you can see um, whether or not it's generating alpha. Uh, they watch the ticker when it opens. They check it 17 times a day. Uh, even though a bull market tide is lifting all ships, they'll start believing their sacred cow permanently rises because it's the next, and you can insert a giant tech name here, Tesla, Microsoft, Google, NVIDIA, whatever. They throw all notions of intrinsic value out the window. That's very important when you're trying to gauge why a stock price 
price is moving and it moves rather rapidly in a short period of time. That's hype based on this notion of intrinsic value. Of course, this individual assures themselves it's not hype and that Wall Street's finally realizing their genius and they surround themselves with people who believe the same. Social media has made this uh, quite frequent. So you'll see this on Reddit or Twitter or YouTube. Some pundit focuses on a stock and then everybody comes around and they all um, cheerlead it constantly, hanging on every press release the company issues um, without ever considering company-specific risk. These are Rumsfeld's unknown unknowns, and they will blindside you and they will decimate you. And that's why diversification is so important. So what ends up happening there is this individual becomes absolutely certain their favorite stock is going up. Well, if that's the case and you're absolutely certain a stock is going up, then buying call options instead of owning the stock looks pretty darn appealing. And at this point, you've stopped investing in the company. You're now choosing to speculate on volatile stock price movements. And the likely outcome uh, goes to this old adage, there are bold motorcycle riders and there are old motorcycle riders, but there are no old, bold motorcycle riders. And we've all been there when it comes to options trading. Commonly, you'll see beginner's luck. I remember back in the day, mine was Elon. I couldn't lose buying Elon options for whatever reason. That was a particularly volatile pharmaceutical stock. And of course, it's easy come, easy go. So once you start thinking that um, you have some special edge, then you start to take on even more risk. And your typical purchaser of call options, of course, is youthful and inexperienced because only with experience and some accumulation of wealth the hard way do you then start to value it and worry as much about preservation as you do about growing your capital. And that's why these individuals at Robinhood with their $240 accounts, of course, they gravitate towards the lottery tickets. It's exceptionally rare that someone accumulates wealth using options or any other sort of risky speculation strategy over the long run. Eventually, it's like the professional blackjack player, they burn out. It's about time in the market, not timing the market. As that old Fidelity study showed, when they looked at their highest performing retail accounts, these were people who either died or forgot they had an account. Now, Pundits who peddle plans, you need to be very careful of these people. So they'll regularly buy sets of call options sufficiently out in the future. They'll draw attention to those that come out ahead and sweep under the rug those that don't. They'll flood their uh, viewers and subscribers with vague references to options they purchased. Nobody will come by and check the receipts, of course. And what this does is it encourages others to engage in risky behavior. And here's the worst part. We see these people coming around all the time. It leads to cheerleading. We suspect that people who have options that are coming up to expiration and desperately need to get that price up, that's their motive behind mindlessly cheerleading a stock and getting really pissed off when somebody points out problems with the company they've invested in while they're busy chasing a stock price. So just to conclude, buying calls, even leaps, it's nothing but speculating. The algo on the other side of that trade is extremely sophisticated. You may say, well, what about other strategies like covered calls? Well, we may look to cover those in the future because they're interesting. But what this comes down to is that you're limiting your upside 
while keeping all the downside risk. That's not a good thing. You're complicating things with this strategy, and there are tax implications associated with that. And ultimately, what are you doing? You're speculating on price again. You don't want to be in the business of speculating on price. Start thinking in terms of risk management. And you say, well, you can use options to manage risk. Certainly, you can, and institutions do that very effectively, but you're not an institutional investor. If you are, then you would be familiar with how that process works, and it can get very, very complicated. We've just looked at the simplest option, which is a call option. People who have accumulated lots of wealth aren't speculators. If they are, they're not going to retain that wealth for very long. And confidence tricks and professional quote-unquote gamblers share a lot in common with options traders. So I'm going to put up another video here that you might be interested in. Before you watch that, please click the Nanalyze logo on the right. Subscribe to our channel. Thanks for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.